Right, Philippians. Philippians is one of the books in the New Testament, um, and it is one of the books which is, in fact, a letter to the early church written to help them with stuff and that. This particular book was written by a chap called Paul. Um, pretty good chap. Right, so let's have a quick look at the verse. Um, therefore, very important, it starts with the words, therefore. Generally, when something like that starts with the word, therefore, it means whatever it is that Paul is trying to tell us, it's because he's already told us something, so it kind of like follows on. It's like a because sort of word. So if we have a quick flick back to the verses beforehand, you can read them there, just have a quick scout through them. In a nutshell, what I think that's trying to say is Jesus was completely obedient to God to the point of his death. Um, because of Jesus' obedience, God raised him to be like king over everything. I think that's more or less what it's saying. So if we can go back to what we're having a look at tonight. So therefore, therefore, because Jesus was completely obedient to everything that Jesus, um, that God asked him to, to the point of his death, so he raised him to king above everything else. Therefore, my friends, we should also be obedient. So we should be obedient because Jesus was obedient. And in being obedient, we can serve him as he is king, and also we can become more like him, which I think that's just more or less the point of what we're trying to do, become more like him in his obedience. So, wicked. Therefore, so, therefore, be obedient. Uh, therefore, my, my dear friends, always have obedience, uh, not only in my presence, but now so much more that I am absent. So, it's saying, not just now I, Paul, I'm hanging out with you guys. You know, don't just be obedient then. But now, even more so, we need to be obedient. Even more so, now I'm not hanging out with you guys. Wicked. Okay, the next bit, we go on. Continue to work out your salvation. Continue to work out your salvation. Work it out. I don't think that's saying work it out like pen and paper, you know, and like diagrams and maths and stuff. I don't think it's saying that. What I think it's trying to get at is let's work out our salvation, as in work it out in our lives. So, you know, we're doing things with our lives so we can work out our salvation. Interestingly, what it says is work out our salvation. It's not saying let's work for our salvation. It's not saying that at all. It's not even getting close to that. It's saying let's, now we are saved, let's work at it. Let's keep going. Let's become more like Jesus in our obedience. So that's what it's saying. You know, let's work out, um, what is it saying? Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I think, and I hope I'm right in saying this, that God's policy on this whole obedient salvation thing hasn't really changed much in quite a long time. If you go way back, way back in time to um, Exodus, um, when you've got all your Israelites in there in the land of slavery, um, something that, Jesus, um, that God does to them is say, yeah, you know, you've got your Ten Commandments. And you can think of those as Ten Commandments. Oh, man, just ten do's and don'ts, and oh, what a hassle. Um, but can we, have, can we flick to those verses that it says? This is right before the Ten Commandments, and it says, And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then he plows straight in to those Ten Commandments. What that is, if you look at those words real carefully, yeah, It's saying, 
I'm the Lord your God. I'm the one who saved you. I have already saved you before I've given you any of these Ten Commandments. You have been saved. Now you've been saved. You know, let's work at it. Let's have a few commandments. And there's quite, you know, this interesting parallel we can draw between the Egypt and their land of slavery, and that's their physical slavery, and us now in this time where we've got, you know, this slavery of sin. You know, God, um, Jesus coming to earth to die for our sins means he's brought us out of this, the slavery of sin which holds upon us. So what he's saying is, you know, I've saved you. Let's work out our salvation. She's already been saved. So if you're putting your trust in Jesus to take that sin from you, what I talked about um, last gathering, if you put your trust in Jesus for your salvation, then you are saved. Then it goes on to let's work out our salvation. Can we flick back to the, um, the original one that we had up? Okay, so it moves on to say... Work out with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. And, uh, and it's God who works in you to do the will and to act accordingly to his good purpose. I love this bit so much because look at the words. It's God. We're working out our salvation. We're trying to be more obedient. And it's God who's working in us. And that's, I don't know, it's just a really nice thing to think about. You think, yeah, you know, God's coming inside me. He's inside me. And he's working me and he's changing me and he's making me more obedient. Often, before we, before we start these sort of services, um, that sort of thing, every service, I think, more or less, we pray the words, and they're really good words to pray. Almost, we pray, Lord, don't let these people, and don't let us come away from this unchanged. And I think this is what it's talking about. You know, when we meet with God, he changes us. He changes us, and he's making us more obedient. But I think this goes even further than that, because I don't think it necessarily... Is talking about these times in like these great worship times, or like when when we send all the kids off to Soul Survival, or even through these these wonderful talks that you're giving. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it's talking about everyday life. God can work in us everyday life. We believe because we have our salvation that God is in us all the time. Everyday life, I think God can work in us to change us and make us more obedient. It goes on then to say. Oh, um, something else. Obviously, God at times works in us really strongly. And, you know, sometimes you guys will know God's doing really work in like real short amount of time. And sometimes it seems like he's not doing much at all. Um, I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. God chooses when he works in people. When he doesn't, he's God. He's allowed to. You know, he's, he's got the right to. Right. So it goes on to say, do everything without complaining and arguing. This is interesting because... God's working in us, it's already stated that, but that doesn't mean we can just coast and go, oh yeah, God's working in me, I don't have to do anything else, it's all sorted. That's not the case at all. What it's saying is we've got our part to do as well. God works in us and then we've got to work it out, you know, we've got to keep on going. Um, There's something I've been thinking about and it's a bit like, say, uh, a quiet time. And say if you're not having your regular quiet time, you know, when you pray and you read the Bible, you can... Come to breakfast every morning and go, please, Lord, please let me have some quiet time today. And you carry on throughout the day and you don't even think about it again, this quiet time. The next day you go, please, Lord, please let me have some quiet time today. And you carry on. It's not having that time out to have quiet time. We've got a responsibility, if you like, to have, make that time out. It's not just talking about quiet time, obviously, but 
you know, we've got, God works in us, then we've got some responsibility to work it out in our lives, to be more obedient, to be more like Jesus. What it also says, and I quite like this, is it draws two sort of examples, you know, without complaining or arguing. And I like this. It's like getting the attitude right. You know, we can be obedient and we can believe God's working in us because he is. We can be obedient. It's sort of like, sort of that attitude. Let's get that attitude right. You know, and I think that's what he's trying to get out with those two examples. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in this crooked and deprived generation in which you can shine like stars in the universe. Their generation, our generation, I don't think it matters at all. You know, God's working in us, we need to work out so we can be more like Jesus, so we can shine like the stars in this generation, so we can make a difference, so we can change some things, you know, so we can make this place a more godly place. Oh, that's just really exciting. Think about it. God's working in us, guys. He's working in us. We've got to work it out so we can shine. Like, God's shining through us. We can change some things. We can... Oh, it's worth getting excited about. What's wrong with you lot? I can see, right? Every time, Simon's always standing up here all the time, and he's getting really excited about things. And it's like, why aren't you being excited? Let's be excited. I can see where he's coming from now. Whew. Right, anyway. Um, ah, this last bit is wicked, Right? Greek, as you guys probably know, is a bit like English. We have words which can mean... Not, not exactly like English, it's not... This isn't Greek. If you're thinking it's Greek, it's not. It's English. But the way that Greek language is made up is a little bit like the English language um, in the sense that we can have a word that can may, mean like a few different words. Okay? So in this translation that we've got up on here, as you hold out... The word of life. So I like that sort of imagery. You can hold it out. You know, you can hold it out so other people can see it. Other people can be affected by it. Other people can be changed by it. Other people can take it and move on with it so they can get on with it. The Greek translation, which is quite nice, and it's in your, your NIV Bibles, if you want to check it out to make sure I'm telling the truth, it says, hold out or hold on to. And I love this imagery. So we can either be holding it out for others, or we can, uh, and, because, you know, same word, different meanings, and holding on to it, so we've got it right, you know, into our hearts, so we know this word of life, so it's bringing life, you know, uh, got it inside us. Um, now, we're not going to shine like stars in this generation if, like I said before, if, like, the sort of attitude of it is all wrong. If you look at the Pharisees, they were obedient down to the letter of the law. But the problem with the Pharisees was is their attitude was all wrong. You know? And in that, I mean, they were doing it so they can look real holy. And they were doing it so they can impress others. And, and they're trying to do it to impress, like, maybe even God. But you know, I don't think God wants that. I don't think God wants us to be obedient if our attitude of it is all wrong. And I don't think God wants that, because Jesus didn't want that. He was always, in all like four of the Gospels, always having run-ins with the Pharisees, because although they were being so obedient, every single letter of the law, they just didn't, they didn't have their hearts in the right place. And I think that's quite an important point. You know, we need to get obedient to God, let God work through us. But 
in that workings out, it's not just a physical thing, it's that, got to get that attitude right. Now, I can see, I've only been at this church for three, three and a half years, something like that, not long at all. But I can see this starting to happen, you know, and uh, friends that I've got close to, and I can see from where I was when I first met them to where they are now, I can see God working inside them. And I can see they're making the effort to work out, you know, what God's working inside them and changing them, like, from the inside out sort of thing. And it's absolutely amazing to watch. And I can see it in my own life. When I turned up to this church three and a half, whatever, years ago, oh, I was an absolute wreck, not necessarily physically um, and, you know, not necessarily emotionally, but certainly spiritually, oh, I was all over the shop. But I can just see it in my own life. I can see that, you know, God has been coming in, working, changing things in me. And then I've been trying to change, you know, and work out that salvation. Work to be more obedient to God. Work to become more like Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that I've got it all sorted out and all sus. Because, believe me, I'm a long way from it. I really am. But, you know, I think just we've got to keep trying. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep working it out like prayer ministry yeah we're always banging on about prayer ministry in this church which is great and it is a really good thing I've I've done it myself it's brilliant but prayer ministry isn't about one person we use me okay isn't about me sitting in someone's front room and and you've got two mega holy people and then me this unholy person right and it's me just like going oh I'm so bad I'm so bad and then giving the holy advice. Well, it's not about that at all. Prayer ministry is about opening up your heart to God, letting God come in and letting him work inside you and letting him point out the things that are the problems in your life, letting him work in you, letting him heal you. And then it's also about going on, just going out and being more like Jesus, trying to work out that salvation in my physical life. Um, yeah, I think... I think that's pretty much all I want to say. I guess, I guess my main point I'm trying to make is let's do it. Let's open up our hearts to God. Let's let him change us. Let's, you know, just be there every single day in these times of worship, in these, you know, in these sermons and things that you're talking about. Let's be real conscious about letting, just opening up our heart and letting God inside and then let's be really conscious about making that effort on our part to work out, to do, you know, to be more obedient. And it's not all, you know, as, as like crazy spiritual mumbo-jumbo as it sounds, you know, because what is it? It's being like doing worship. It's, it's praying, you know, asking God to point out, you know, it's becoming more like Jesus. How do you become more like Jesus? You get to know Jesus. You get to know what the things he said, you know, the words in the Bible. That's, it's not that difficult, you know, if you take some time out. So let's do it.